You're on the Clarity Call. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Alicia. And this is episode 121, Emotions Are Our Guides. Welcome to the Clarity Call, a podcast dedicated to providing useful information and guidance to those seeking encouragement and support while navigating the challenges of caring for a loved one with special needs. We are sisters living in Texas and passionately advocating for the special needs community. Between us, we have 16 children, six of whom have a medically complex diagnosis or are considered special needs. Join us on a journey of mindful awareness that is sure to help you gain an enlightening perspective to help you embrace, create, and live a life you love. Here we go. We're back and we are so excited about this month of November. I don't know that I'm loving November in Texas right now and it's about 75 to 80 degrees. doesn't really feel like fall. It tricked us. It got cold and, well, we're just in Texas. This is what it does. It's not even a trick. It's not even a surprise. It's Texas. Yeah, Texas. Anyway, um, missing the snow, but just happy to be with you. Glad you're here. We're excited to talk today about some things that are always on our mind and in our hearts and on our emotions and in our (laughs) our lives. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're hoping that we can all find some clarity as we discuss this topic. It's going to be super exciting. But before we do, Kimberly's going to start us off with our reality check. Yes. So Alicia and I have been, she's been in, she's been in a canoe (laughs) and I've been on a like cruise ship of illness. Oh, I was going to say, wait, I'm, a, I'm only what? <laughs> no, like she's had Brock sick for like on and off for quite a while and kind of dealing with some of that with him. And my poor Caden has been so sick. And you know, I just posted on my newsletter about last, you know, previous weekend, Jocelyn was super sick and I didn't get to go on my getaway. And so I was feeling all the emotions about that. Um, cause she was super sick throwing up and then Caden has continued to have the challenges that he's having with fevering and it's just seems to be getting worse and worse and now he's not eating and he's having other symptoms and we're just kind of really in the thick of the garbage, um, some really, you know, very concerning, um, illness, um, physical unwellness. Like, I don't even know what to call it, but there's something medically challenging more than what Caden is already dealing with in his life, having a trach and a G-tube and his lymphatic malformation. You know, he is immunocompromised, and so it could just be illness that we're seeing kind of in the communities right now on top of, you know, his challenges. We just don't know, but we've been to all the doctors. We have all the tests scheduled or already done and waiting results, and there is so much emotion that comes with you know, dealing with this illness, dealing Mm -hmm. with medical health challenges. You can slip into the fear, emotions of fear and worry and concern so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I was telling Alicia today that I have been like up in the night with thoughts of worry and fear and just feeling very uncomfortable and it's not fun. But now that I understand that this is part of the human experience and I don't make it mean that anything's gone wrong. I just let myself worry and be sad and be concerned and understand that that is me being a, you know, the type of mother that I want to be. 
I want to be concerned about my children's health and well-being. And if it's going to keep me up in the night and my thoughts are going to try and spin, then I do my best to try and control and quiet and calm my mind. I have a lot of techniques to do that. But sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes I just have to let it go and just be like, okay, we're just awake. This is what we're doing. We're going to be worried. What else have you got, brain? Tell me all the things. Tell me all the ways that we should be worried and what we should be doing and how we should be handling this different than we are. And I kind of just am like, let's go. Let's do this then. Because it's when I resist it that it just gets louder and stronger and more... Bit, you almost get bit. angry. Yeah. Yeah. You just, I get so uncomfortable that I'm just like, I'm tired of this crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's normal. It really is normal yeah. when you're going through so many of these challenges. It's right. I mean, normal, what's normal anymore, but, right. but feeling it or trying to resist it is where the not normal comes in. Right. And that's where we came up with this topic. It's actually, um, a poem of sorts that we're going to share with you today and kind of break down each emotion because it's about how emotions are our guides and we need to listen to them not that we need to like hurry and take action based on whatever our emotional state is but just let them be part of our experience and as you just heard um you know in a in one of our recent podcasts that we have to complete the stress cycle. We have to allow the emotions to process through so that we can release the stress associated with negative emotion. So we will um, jump in uh, to our topic today. And before we start sharing these emotions, I just want to remind you that we have to allow and process emotions as well as do the physical work to release stressful negative emotion from our body that is the work to do and that's how we strive for emotional health which is why we're here right that's what we're trying to accomplish here okay right and with that i loved a thought that came yesterday when somebody it's came from a spiritual story but i love that someone else shared it in that when this king came um you know to this peasant, whatever, to this other person in this anger fit, right? And mm-hmm. going to have him killed if he didn't do something he wanted him to do. He was like, give me some time. I need time. And sometimes when we're dealing with big emotions and things that are happening, mm-hmm. time is really key Yes, to feeling and realizing these things we're going to talk about. Right. It really does take time. And sometimes we don't realize how impatient we are until we want something to happen. Like you want Caden to feel better. Like we just yeah. spoke about this morning. I want answers now. It's just going to sometimes take the time that we don't feel we have. But the lessons are only being learned as we sit through the time of it. Right. That's for so, sure. I like that a lot. Um, All right. So we'll jump in. And... We're just going to go line by, you know, kind of section by section in this amazing poem. It, um, it's by Talia Hunter, T-A-H-L-I-A, Talia, Talia Hunter. And, um, so I will, of course, link to where I found this poem in the podcast notes. Um, the credit goes to her for this, uh, for the words that she wrote regarding our emotions. So the first one says, when I realized my pain stemmed from wanting to be liked, I started to no longer seek approval from those surrounding me. And how often do we talk about how like validation, you have to give yourself the validation because when you seek it outside of yourself, it does cause pain. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, when I realized my fear stemmed from worrying about how others would perceive me, 
I started to celebrate my individuality. Yes. You know, a lot of, like we talked about just a minute ago, fear, you know, mm-hmm. where, where fears come such a big part sometimes of our emotions. Right. And, you know, choosing to like, okay, I need to not be as fearful. I just, this is part of who I am. Right. And, and uh, having an, a mortal experience. Yes. When I realized my unhappiness stemmed from others failing to recognize my worth, I started to see and value myself fully. Yeah, I love how much we talk about um, that need for, like you just said, validation, but Mm -hmm. also any sort of praise, any sort of accolades, anything. I mean, that is, it's human to want that, Mm -hmm. but um, unmet expectations create this unhappiness when we are looking outward. Yeah, we are the only ones that can create that happiness for ourselves. So have your own back, value yourself first. When I realized my jealousy stemmed from comparing the whole of my life to the highlights of others' lives, I started to honor my strengths, gifts, and creativity. Yes, how much? I mean, we talk about, you just hear, you just see the highlight reel of someone else on social media. I mean, there's well, a few. Well, and how, how easy, like you just said, you know, you see people having getaways. You see even family members going on vacations, doing awesome, amazing, fun trips and doing these things. And all you want is an overnight you just want to get away one, <laughs> night, one night, right? It's It would be really easy to not be jealous of those things and just be like, what the heck? But as soon as you realize, but it's your strength and you have done several times on the podcast, your strength and your superpower comes from being yes. the mom to these kids and doing right. exactly like this is your mission. This right. is what you're supposed to be doing. And as soon as you can see the value in that, mm-hmm. it helps to release some of those. And it really does, truly. As soon as I come back to there's nowhere I would rather be. For sure, I'm going to get a break when I can when you die it's still (laughs) on my radar it it will happen I just am knowing that this is where I need to be and how grateful I am that I am where I need to be where I want to be for my kids to have the care and comfort that they want right so all right when I realized my doubt stemmed from failing to trust in myself I started to believe in myself fully it really yeah I mean I was just talking to somebody about trust the other day, and we want so much to believe that trust in other people keeps us from doubting ourselves and the world that we live in. But it's you just have to trust yourself. You don't have to trust anybody else in the world. You can choose to or not to, but as long as you're trusting yourself, that doubt really diminishes. Yeah, I've had the, and the therapist talks to me a lot about trust and just how no one is living your life, and you truly have to learn how to trust yourself and your feelings and your emotions and not have to have anybody else tell you that it's okay or get their opinions, you know? Right. So when I realized my anger stemmed from suppressing my ideas and emotions, we just talked about that, I started to speak up for myself clearly. Yes. So don't resist. Anger is secondary. Yeah. (laughs) When I realized my hurt stemmed from being rejected and abandoned, I started to show up for myself fully. I'm realizing a lot of this in family and in, you know, we all have dysfunction to some degree and it's real easy to, um, to feel hurt mm-hmm. and to allow hurt by, you know, whether it's parents, siblings, you know, any sort of anything that goes on in, in families and the dysfunction that can come there. And blaming other people. You're not showing up for me, and that's why I'm hurt. Or you hurt my feelings. Right. 
but realizing that everyone's just having, again, a human experience and they are doing their best, you know? Yeah. And it's not until, you know, of course it's super um, cliche, but like until you're a parent, you don't understand what your parents did for you, right? I right. Mean, the good and the bad, it just, your perspective only changes as we gain that time and that perspective. And right. so, um, well, showing up for yourself at whatever phase you are in life is so key. Yeah. And when I think that I, someone else has hurt me, I just always tell myself, no, you're hurting yourself with the thoughts you're having about it. You're hurting yourself with the, the meaning that you're attaching. And that way I can take accountability and that's the only place that I can change it anyway. Yeah. So blame is never going to help us move to a better space. Right. When I realized my irritation stemmed from feeling unheard and listened and listened to, oh, I don't even know how to say that one. Okay. When I realized my irritation stemmed from feeling unheard, I started listening to both myself and others fully. So really like leaning in and trying to understand Rather than just getting irritated, you know, being willing to be wrong here, right? Right. Like instead of getting irritated, trying to see the other person's perspective, stepping into their shoes. Right. Benefit you know? of the doubt is definitely, and, and learning to listen. Right. You know, we don't take enough time listening to people and, and ourselves. We just want to fix it. Right. Especially being moms. We want to fix it. We don't really want to hear what they have to say and how they're feeling. Yeah. Um, I released my discomfort when I realized my discomfort stemmed from living out of alignment with my true self, I started to show up as myself authentically. Yes. I love that one. This is a huge one in the world today, whereas we're seeing with all everything, all the chaos, all the the race and gender and identity and all the things that are happening. And I think as people it has two sides of the coin, as people are choosing to be more authentic, sometimes they use it as a crutch and sometimes they're finally finding healing. You know, I think we yeah. see both sides in that. And I think, um, you know, any sort of discomfort when we finally become true to ourself and that acknowledgement, it really becomes more healing. Yeah. Or even just me laying there with my thoughts, feeling so uncomfortable and being like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. It was just realizing that it's authentic to who I am as a mother to have that discomfort and just lean into it. It really helps, like I said, align yourself <laughs> It yeah. brings so much more clarity. When I realized my heartbreak stemmed from putting my self-worth in the hands of others, I started to no longer give others permission to change how I felt about myself or wound me. Yeah, this has been huge in my world for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether it's kids, whether it's spouse, whether it's family, uh, friends, anything. Or feeling like you have to do, 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 go, go, go all the time and that's where your worth is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So once you finally decide that, no, I'm, I'm doing the things that feel, again, like it's just said before, authentic, but also my needs, you know, making sure that I am showing up, being the best I can mm -hmm. in every situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When I realized my dysfunctional relationships stemmed from childhood trauma, I started to heal from my past and unlearn the behaviors that no longer served me. <laughs> we just talked about that, right? Dysfunction yeah. is in every life, in every family. If you don't have some, give us a call because <laughs> we want to know what you did to get to that point in life. But dysfunction and going through things as a child, it doesn't matter if it was simple. I mean, it's amazing the type of trauma that can be um, come. You know, we, we laugh sometimes about pain of others. Oh, a, an ingrown toenail, like, haha, you know. But 
sometimes it's those things really are traumatic for some people. And right. just because they're not for me, it doesn't mean that they're not. Right. And so we just have to be super sensitive that, you know, if somebody is having feelings or having some some trauma from something that feels so small. Right. And sometimes I don't show up for my own children that way because I just think, oh, my gosh, it just seems so menial compared to the big scope of things. And I think, okay, wait, but this is for them in their life right, right. now. Like meet them where they are. Yeah. And feel, help them feel their feelings and, and acknowledge and mm -hmm. um, validate how they're feeling. Yeah. It's a big deal. Well, and as we're going through these, like maybe pay attention to ones that feel like come up for you more often than others. Like frustration comes up for me quite a bit. Like that's probably one of my top 10. Irritation. When we just said irritation, discomfort. Like these are ones that, that come up for me quite a bit. And then, um, you know, this, here's the next one. When I realized my desperation stemmed from longing to be chosen, I started to choose myself over others who didn't choose me. And this actually is a big one for me because um, I've, like I've told you all and shared with you, Ian Cron's work on the Enneagram, and I have learned so much about the Enneagram, and I'm a type two. And that is one of my strengths and weaknesses is I love and care and serve others, but I also want to be loved and cared for. And when I stopped being desperate for other people to choose me and I started choosing myself, I, I don't feel de like desperation isn't something that I feel anymore. It's not an mm. emotion that even comes up for me because mm. I choose myself. I've done the work and learned how to, you know, love myself in a way that I don't need someone else to um, give that to me so that I, I'm not desperate for love. Hmm. I know the source to get the right kind of love. <laughs> right, right. That's so important. Yeah. Okay, when I realized my frustration stemmed from feeling suppressed and diminished by others, I started to shift my focus away from them and toward all that I was capable of controlling, which was becoming the best version of me. Mm -hmm. Control. It's a big deal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and that is where my frustration comes from. Seriously. All the time, I can always trace it back to control. Right. For sure. Okay, here's one for me for today. Since I didn't sleep very much last night, when I realized my exhaustion stemmed from overgiving, I started to redirect my energy toward nourishing my own soul and being. And can I just tell you, I thought several times this morning, my brain was like, don't, you don't want a podcast this morning. You're tired. You're worried. You're, you know, not in the headspace to be doing a podcast. So just don't do it. And I'm like, no, I do this podcast like we talked about because it nourishes me. Yeah, like, cool. hopefully you all are getting something from it. But this is like the work that I love. And this is my time to really reconnect with myself and those things that I believe. And, and teaching is such a great way to do that. So I do know that it helps me work through my exhaustion. It doesn't feel so big when I'm doing those things that nourish my soul. And this is one of them. Right. Well, good. I'm glad you showed up today. <laughs> when I realized my anxiety stemmed from a longing to be admired and seen as brilliant, I started to recognize the greatness and potential within me. We're all brilliant, right? And somebody else does admire you. Even if you, even if it's not somebody that you know admires you. Yeah, I actually got a text message this morning um, from someone who it just caught me completely off guard. And, I, and she'd said, you know, I'm just so grateful for you, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, whoa, I would have never 
Right. No, you know, yeah. so you're right. It really does. We don't realize the people that we affect and, you know, and sometimes we don't get those little notes, you know, mm-hmm. once in a while we do, but whether you're getting them or not, people notice, right? You are being noticed. And yeah, anyway, so for sure. When I realized my sadness stemmed from longing to belong, I started to create a space where I could be myself freely and attract people into my life that were naturally aligned with me. And this is so miraculous how this happens, truly. Like, it's amazing how when I started being authentically myself and I stopped feeling sorry for myself, which was where the sadness was coming from, I really did start creating space where I was just totally myself and just like did start attracting people that were like even more like me and and aligned with my belief system and and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in in the world. Right. When I realized my desire to feel significant stemmed from wanting to prove myself to others, I started to seek validation internally. These all are just going hand in hand with each other. They really are. Which just makes it beautiful. But it is so, again, important to, to validate yourself. You don't need to prove anything to anybody else. And as soon as you start to feel like you need to, I would advise you to walk away because you have nothing to really, you just have to, that was my biggest problem is feeling like I had to prove, I had to, to validate, I had to justify, I had to do, you know, all these things that really just keep you in that dysfunction, that toxicity in a relationship. You just have to choose to, you know, I prove it to myself. I have validation. I'm doing the best I can. So, yeah. And then ask yourself, what do I need? And then give it to yourself. Don't wait for someone else to give it to you. Okay, last one. And when I realized my emotions were simply guides, I realized that it wasn't what I felt that mattered most, but what I chose to do with those feelings and how I allowed them to shape and empower me. So we hope that you've heard, you know, like I said, some of these emotions that have kind of zinged you today. Uh, what are you choosing to do with them? How are you choosing to process that emotion? And how are you choosing to change your life so that it can empower you to be a better version of yourself? Because that's really what we're trying to do. Learn that our emotions live inside of our bodies and that we, they're important. They are guides. We have to know how to process them and, and move them through our body so that we can remain as mentally healthy as possible and that's how we just be the best version of ourselves that we can be. So, so grateful that I came across that because I really, you know, connect, like I said, with so many of, of these emotions that we've talked about today. So, Mm. and we'll remind you that the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts because your thoughts create your emotions. Okay. All right. So here's our, would you rather finish it. it off? This is really good with uh, the things we've kind of just spoken about today. Would you rather face your fears or forget that you have them? (laughs) Mm. Right? Mm. Face them or forget Mm. that you have them? Well, I know that I'm growing and progressing, which is the whole point of even being here when I face them. Right. I would rather not. But I like the outcome better when I do. When you face them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that too. But it is interesting to be like, because of my great Hashimoto's, once in a while I've been known to forget things. Mm. And sometimes it's nice to just forget too. 
Forget so it. So sometimes it's like, mm, forget that I'm afraid of that big, <laughs> ugly dog that's going to rip my face off. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because it really, there's just dangers if you forget. So yeah. yeah, probably facing it's the best idea. Yep. Let's face it. We've got this. Okay. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Clarity Call. Please like and share it. And we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating and review. Be sure to check out claritycallcoaching.com to join our weekly newsletter and sign up for your first free coaching session. You can also connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Clarity Call and on Facebook as Clarity Call.